0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Title Side, Chicago Title's greatest podcast in the history of all podcasts. With me today is my co-host, my mentor, my friend, Ken McBride.
1: Hi, David. How are you, sir? Doing very well. How are you?
0: Hi, And you know, I'm excited. We got Masarosa Holmes in the house. Nathan Walters. How are you, Nate?
2: I'm doing great. How are Nathan, you? you
0: go by Nathan, not Nate.
2: I go by Nathan, mainly. I go by Nate to some. I even got a name that goes back to middle school that is they'll it, call me Newt. Newt? Is that Newt? the, is yeah, that the cause nickname I, from I, the friends? I, only from about four friends. I had a buddy's dad who called me Neutron. <laughs> was he a coach? <laughs> he was a coach, so that's when Neutron means. Played for the Jaguars and was really good, so he called me Neutron. What sport was it? Football. So you're a big football player. I went, well... I liked football. I ended I mean, up. And how big ba- are you? You what, six three? Six five. Six five. Six five. I played basketball. Yeah, I can imagine. I was a little too small for basketball, though, as you can find out. Depends on the position. It's a weird, it's <laughs> a weird thing to find out now that when you're six five, you're like, oh, I'm the small guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Ken, how are you doing today?
1: Doing very well, David. We've got some
0: exciting things going on at Chicago Title, but let's let's dive into Maserosa. Tell us what started. How did you start? When did you start? You know, what I know of Maseros is, A, the reputation. I've done some internet research and in the beautiful, beautiful houses.
2: Um, I
0: hear that not just from what I see, but, you know, the people in our industry.
2: Man, so on the house front, it comes from my dad owned an aluminum horse trailer manufacturing company. Okay, And they called it Elite Trailers. So whenever I got in and I started Masterosa, we put luxury in the name, Masarosa Luxury Homes, based off of him. So I've grown up with a dad that is, uh, you know, your shoes had to have a place, everything had to have a place, everything had to be nice. Um, he did their trailers. So the way I can put it into a point of how we build our houses the way we do is his horse trailers When you put tape on them, they're colors. Red tape, black tape, blue tape, right? You put it on a horse trailer. Every other horse trailer manufacturer uses clear silicone in the corners. My dad's company used the color of the tape. All right? So if it's green tape, green silicone, blue tape. So I've grown up with that my entire life, and that is what has pressed us into how we build our homes, which I appreciate that the reputation we get because that is really what we strive for. Hey, there's a – there's a butt for every seat right that's what they say so that's the same thing with houses and the way we want to build our houses and the way we want to be known by is when people come into them they know like this is different this was thought through every little detail was thought through and so that's how that's kind of how the mindset is that got us to where we are how i became a home builder um that's an i don't know i don't know we uh you know i come from the horse trailer manufacturing business with welding and things like yeah, that no yeah. one no one in our family was in construction uh went to college got a marketing and an accounting degree got an accounting degree because my dad said that was the language of business i absolutely hated it got a marketing degree because that's what i enjoyed
0: <laughs> so i love
2: that so that that's that's came out of college uh I'm a younger guy. That's uh, that's That'll throw people off sometimes when they see the type of houses we build. So I came out of college in uh, the spring of 2010. And if anybody remembers, uh, there weren't a lot of jobs yeah. in the spring of 2010.
0: Yes, I, I remember it
2: very well. <laughs> there weren't a lot of jobs, even with a guy with a couple of degrees. And uh, oddly enough, to tie it back to together, the guy that called me Neutron owned a gutter business. And the spring of 2010, we had a massive hailstorm that went through Nichols Hills and went mm-hmm. through North Edmond. He was short guys, asked if I wanted a job for the summer, so I hung gutter for him for uh, for that summer. Got in kind of to the gutter window business, if you will, that mm-hmm. summer by accident because there were no jobs, so I was selling windows for him and uh, was trying to sell to a builder for a while. I was trying to sell to this builder, sell to this builder. He calls me up one day, and I thought I was going to get my window sell, and he actually said go to his office. And he's like, no, I don't want to buy windows off you, but I like you. So what do you think about being a home builder? I said, I've never built a home before. He said, perfect. You won't come with any baggage. We can teach you. And uh, so I started, went to work for a home builder on a Monday. And by that Friday, I came home and told my wife there wasn't anything else I was going to do. It was awesome. Just the rush of being out, watching something happen. You get to uh, accomplish something every day. Something as simple as, a tent pole got set, right? And that, that's where we get tent power for our sites. And when you show up to a site and that gets set, you're checking the box, right? You've achieved nice. something in yeah. that rush of every day knowing that you're, you're, you're checking a box was was something that that put me on the hamster wheel of construction.
1: That's pretty amazing. You know, looking back uh, at where you were when you got out of school, 2010, uh, if you had a chance now to go back and talk to the you of 2010 what advice would you give yourself
2: Ooh-wee. that's a deep question uh let's see here i would say i'd say probably leaning in to live in a healthier lifestyle in the sense of working out so oddly enough the first few years into uh construction i worked out my wife and i that was our favorite thing to do after work we'd work out go to eat but then Had kids, then started my own business. And I would say staying on this industry is so much fun. We have so much fun doing it, but it is, it's a lot of stress. It's, you know, when you're building houses, no matter the price point, no matter if the house is $200,000, the house is $1.2 million, like a lot of the ones we build, it is the most expensive thing that person is spending their money on, no matter the price point. So there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of things that, that are inside of building these homes in this industry. And I would say that, man, for four or five years, I got away from working out and eating healthy and doing those things. And I would say that that kicked my butt more than anything. So I would, I love what I did. I'd give myself the same advice to go down this road. I would just tell myself to try to make a little more time for, for myself. Boy, well, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Well, I, need, I need to do better at
1: that. that. That sounds like great advice. It really
2: does.
0: So let's, let's think about what year did, Masserosa Luxury Home Start,
2: March of two thousand fifteen.
0: Okay, what did and you came directly from the builder nope. and just said I'm going to start my own thing and
2: said I'm going to start my own thing. I learned a ton from the builder I worked for. Right, learned a ton because obviously I'd never I'd never done this before. Learned a ton, but just like I I gave the backstory of my dad and how he was and things were luxury and things were done right and he he knew hey my market is different. I I want to market to these people. Well, that was the same way. I was just ingrained with doing the the extra things, the extra things that made the houses more expensive. And I would say who I worked for his, that wasn't his market, right? right? He was great in his market, but that wasn't his market. So I got to learn. And really, I just had this drive of, Hey, I want, I want to go build these houses my way. Right. I want to go put my spin on them. I feel like this part of the market is missing a little bit, right? I think that um, in the high end market, man we have some phenomenal guys in this uh, this Oklahoma City Edmond market. I mean some of them are my friends. we have Jeff Gibbs of Gibbs Construction. we have Mike Gillis of Savannah Homes. I mean love these guys. they build beautiful luxury homes. What I wanted to bring was, hey, I can do the luxury part like they do, but let's let's bring some design into let's 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 bring some some outside design i'm a i'm a young enough guy that i i understand that we have the internet now right you know and it feels (laughs) like feels like a lot of the oklahoma market sometimes these houses are like hey guys we can build other products Mm -hmm. right you know you can get on instagram and see what they're doing in atlanta which is a two-hour plane flight it's it's different you know why can't we do some of that here and so really i left to do that i wanted i wanted people to drive up on our houses and know Oh that's a maserosa so that's different that 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 design is forward and the quality is there as well. What is your biggest struggle through the last 3 to 4 years? Biggest struggle is not being in control. That's that's by far the biggest struggle. We we kind of had it down to a system uh, we knew when we needed to order windows, we knew when we needed to order brick and we had our selections process match up with our ordering process. And we kind of always knew the answers for our customers. Okay, right. we always had an answer. You know, e- even if the answer was we dropped the ball, right? right. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's an answer. We didn't like giving it, but it's an answer. Okay. Um, the biggest struggle is you're you're being told that window lead times are eight weeks. You ordered in eight weeks. After you order it, you find out it's sixteen weeks.
0: Yeah. So it's like meeting customer expectations, and you can't meet them.
2: Yeah we can't i mean yeah. we 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 feel like in the last 3 or 4 years the only way that we've been able the only expectation that we're in control of is we try to over communicate with them okay um always staying in touch always communicating with them but the problem is is sometimes we're communicating nothing with them right. or nothing they want but it's not right? always
0: a bad thing to say hey you just call to check in let you know i don't have anything to say but i am checking in with
2: We you. are checking in we just we don't know well, yeah. what do you mean you don't know Still waiting. We don't yeah. know. It sounds very similar
0: to to our philosophies.
1: That's right. We you know we believe in communication, even when the communication is nothing has changed since the last time we communicated, and uh, and it sounds like that's uh, the situation in which
2: you find yourself. Yep that that along with with the the rising cost. I mean, it is it's something that I don't think anybody understands the only thing that's really out in the news is lumber right and now now all of a sudden all customers become become commodity traders just so you know they, they oh, they're yeah. sending yeah. us text yeah. messages about lumber futures being down and it's become this entire um <laughs> it's become an entire teaching process that i never expected it's i like, guess lumber futures emphasis on the future that that, that price is 90 days away I said, that, that's a future. That's some guy on Wall Street. You need to go talk with him because the mill isn't, isn't on that timeline, and the mm. lumber yard isn't on that timeline. And having those conversations, but now lumber futures are down. And we have a lot of customers being like, why are, why are the houses not less expensive? Well, I can put it into perspective. Just last week, we got an update that the material coming off of the plenum of a furnace increased 120% last month. Wow air conditioning units will be increased 36 percent in january Shingles took six price increases since April all of these things are happening so we and they're happening so fast right we're bidding these homes we're getting them out we're getting them out of the ground they're the you know we're getting to lumber or we're getting into electrical four months after we bid the house and and ele- electrical pricings are up this copper's up right and it's happening yeah. it's yeah. happening so quick and there there's again it goes back to control there's no there's no control over what's going on, and it makes it very, very difficult. Are you a reader? I like to read. What do you read? What
1: What have you read lately that has influenced you? And perhaps what have you read over the years that's had an influence on you and your life?
2: Any Malcolm Gladwell book mm-hmm. is awesome. I really enjoy those. I enjoy the mindset of it. Um, You know, I go back and forth. I do, for some reason, I'm not exactly sure why. I I read a lot about the financial markets. I also watch my, when I come into the office in the morning, Squawk Box is what comes on. So I enjoy reading about that, Um, really watching what's going on right now. Um, One of my favorite things to talk about is, as we know, being uh, here at a title company, we all deal with uh, a lot of realtors. Side note, my wife is a realtor. So anything that I say negative, I'm also speaking about my wife. <laughs> she, she's a pretty good one. <laughs> and she, but she knows, she knows as well. And, you know, I laugh when they're like, hey, the Fed's raising interest rates, you know, get out and buy a house. And I'm like, well, short term interest rate isn't what drives the 30 year mortgage, you know, the 10 year treasury That's bond right. is. And I That's like, right. I feel like it has become my, my fight almost to explain that to people. Now I'm like, no, no, no. The Fed can keep Raising short-term interest rates, yes, sometimes they'll simultaneously go together. But the ten-year Treasury yield drives the thirty-year right. mortgage, That's not exactly the not the right. Fed's rates. But so I read a lot about that. I, you know, and sometimes I'll I'll break it up. Man, I read a lot. The, the I read Tiger Woods. By someone wrote his biography that was was, was re- it good? Oh, so good.
1: Huh, I have to check that one out. So
2: good. Read a lot of uh, if I could remember the name. The Navy SEAL's name was Adam Brown. If I could remember the book, though, I don't remember the book. But it was one of the it was one of the greatest books I've read, and I actually listened to this one. And I remember listening and driving on the turnpike when it was ending. And I'm I am a construction guy, so I'm I'm a burly construction guy, and I was crying driving yeah. down the driving down the turnpike mm-hmm. listening to this book. So I bounce around yeah. really. I I just enjoy reading.
0: I know one of the ones I gave Ken a couple years ago was Empire of the Summer Moon, who I which I learned from from listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. Who he had the uh, author on that, and it's a story of the Comanche tribe over the period of time. And I mean, it, it, I couldn't put it down. It was one of those books, and I that's not something that I've generally you know dove into. But like you said, you dive into something and it's so intriguing. It's like I've got to finish it, and then I had to share it with Kim,
1: yeah, it was a great book, excellent the uh you know what intrigues me is uh is the passion that you seem to have for your business and how your business endeavor seems to have really captured your imagination. Am I reading that right?
2: You're reading it right, yeah, you're reading it right i I would say that's something um. Even as as the business has not evolved, and you know, when in 2015, it's it's me and uh, my sister had worked for me as a designer, and it's us, right? And I was doing everything, okay. And now the business has evolved to where. I do more of the business side, and I have I have guys in the field that help with the day to day superintendents and project management. But you know, two of my two of my project managers are guys who had recently owned their own businesses. Okay, and they one's in his mid forties, one's in his mid fifties, and they've gotten to the point where they're like, "Hey, I want someone else to deal with the headache. I want to do the fun part." Which, by the way, is makes ac- total sense. Which is building the house is the fun yeah, part, right? Makes and total sense. I have built a business where I don't do the fun part anymore. So that's a that's a irony sometimes yeah. to me, <laughs> but. But the one thing I stay is on the sales side. I enjoy meeting the customers up front. And I have heard that um, they a lot of people who do go with us will say it's because they can tell I'm passionate about what it is we're doing. And I think you have to be, right? If you're gonna, if you're gonna go into business, you have to be passionate about what what it is you went into business for. Um I told my wife this one time when I came home. I said, you know. They say, what is it, 95% of businesses fail in the first five years, mm-hmm. right? I truly believe that they don't fail because they're, a lot of them do not fail because they're not making money or because they're bad businessmen, right? I think, I think there's some of that. I think a lot of it is people just get tired of getting punched in the face every day, yeah. right? Cause that, when you're mm-hmm. starting a business, that's what it feels like, you know? And you, you go out on your own and, and definitely me, let's see, I was, I think I was 26. 26 when I, in 2015, if I remember correctly, I don't remember, <laughs> but it was, it was, you were close. I was 26. Yeah. I was young. 26 or 27 or just about to turn 27. Um, either way. And you know, it's funny. You, you think, you know, everything, right? You, you have a, an ego about you, which I think I need it. You, you know, you should have a little bit. I needed that ego, but man, you take some bumps and bruises. And I told her, I said, I think, I think the majority of these businesses that don't make it five years, just they shut it down and say, man, I'm going to go back to a nine to five. That seems well, it makes seems me easier.
0: Makes me wonder if they have that passion. That's right. You know, I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan, and you know, he talks about people don't typically buy the product; they buy people's passion. And as I sit here, because I did not know that about you being on the sales side, yeah. it makes sense to me because I know you. I sat and had dinner with you one time, and I came back and told him, We have to have Nathan on this podcast because of your passion. I felt it in one night. You know, I felt your energy, and yeah. I wanted more of it.
2: I thought and, it's because we were drinking.
0: Well, it didn't hurt. <laughs> that never hurts. <laughs> but the truth is, it's smart of you to be on that front line on the sales side because I promise you, your clients feel that passion.
2: It, it's something I won't relieve. It's a duty I won't relieve. I think I have Emily, more, my wife Emily, who is our realtor. I have her more involved in now, kind of that initial and then the back end of because that is where I will things will fall in the cracks for me. Because sometimes when you have the passion, hey, I have the passion of meeting with them, but then the other stuff, you know, it kind of dwindles. So I have her more involved, but I've I explained that to my team. I've explained that to her. Hey, that those initial meetings are something I won't give up. No matter how the business evolves, it's something I I I will I will refuse to give up.
1: You know, things you've talked a little bit about some things that have changed recently. What have you seen change in the way you sell your homes?
2: I'm selling just like you guys said, I'm selling the 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 passion that we have, and I'm selling the process more than anything. Um it, it's hard for me. It's really hard for me, again, going back to my dad being on a manufacturer side. I am a product-driven individual, okay? I believe that I want to produce the best product that I can at the price point that we have. Well, three or four years ago, because we always go to the International Builder Show, I'm also a part of a Builder 20 group, which is a part of the National Association of Home Builders. So we're always getting education and things like this. You know, always trying to make sure we're learning. It was three or four years ago at the International Builders Show, and we're in a class, and the speaker said, "Hey guys, raise your hand in here for any of you builders who have built a great house and had very angry customers at the end." everybody Everybody raises their hand. Everybody, right? Everybody raises their hand. You know, we're all in there, and and they started doing studies about. How the buyers are changing, you know the 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 product unfortunately, needs to be in the realm of what they wanted, but it was something along the lines of seventy two percent of customers who purchase homes feel about their home how how it was they felt about the process of building their home. Ooh. So the end product isn't even the number one right. thing on the list. It is this, how if they felt taken care of, if they felt how the process was. And man, I was I was not happy. I went to another class, heard it again. And I was not happy because I was always so product-driven. I knew that the way I had built the company as a solo guy was, hey, get out of my way. Let me give you a good product. And I knew right. we were missing, right? So I would say- I think it was fall of 19. We really kind of dove into changing everything. And I jokingly tell customers now, hey, we're not a construction company. My framer, my tile guy, they're construction companies. We're a customer service company. Yes. And that's what I teach. Yes. That's what I teach my team is hey, we're a customer service company. That that's what that's our number one goal is to make them feel like the process is great. I mean, we do a we do a thing called co-construct happy hour, co-constructs a building app that we use and we give the people a walkthrough on it and we have cheese and crackers and champagne brought in for them, right? So that they can, we can give them a show and it, it is this building of these process and these touch points that we're attempting to make through the process because I'm I'm realizing that hey product is important which it's it's still to me is sure. the number one important thing but I'm also realizing as a business owner hey we we've got to move we got to move to the customer service side of it cuz that that is how people feel about their home their home could be the best home they've ever had if they didn't enjoy the process they're telling people that they don't like their home which is wild to me but it's the way it is you know
0: <clears throat> it's funny i mean i from the day i started when i get up in front of this company I say, will all the salespeople please stand up? And I wait until every employee in our company is on their feet. It's that same mentality. You have to instill that, you know, that personality within your group that they all think about. How can I make this con- this customer have that wow factor? And it sounds to me like what you can boil that
2: down to really is communication. It's yes. what you talked about up front. Communication and, and, and putting in processes really, you know, we we see it's it's this fine line. Definitely, when you're when you're at the price point of the homes we have, you know, these customers have this feeling that it, they need to be involved in every decision. Okay, really, they don't. Mm-hmm. And there is there is what you call selection fatigue. You know, I mean, these customers start getting fatigued by the end of this build. So it's building out these processes to where we can kind of streamline that. In a way, and make, and make our customers feel like they're getting to be fully involved, but also they're not because it, you can't go tell them, hey, I know you're spending $1.3 million on this house, but you, we're not going to allow you to be involved in every decision because you'll really be mad at us by the end. That's what I want to tell them. <laughs> hey, you're, gonna, you're not going to enjoy this. <laughs> if, we, if, you're, if, you're talk, if I come to you and ask you what hinge color you want on your interior doors, you're going to be like, I didn't even know that was a deal. What well, it it's it all matters, right? They
0: show me all six hundred colors I can choose from. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and
2: let me overwhelm you on something right, that right, that, right, right. that we can we can pick up on just by your your door hardware selection, right? But it, it those are selections that are out there. And when I first started, I wanted to be true custom all the way through. And I just started seeing these customers by the end of it just being really wore down, right? Because it's simultaneous they wore down because we're asking them to make all these selections and their house isn't done yet. And no matter how fast I build a house, it's not fast enough, yeah. right? Yeah. And so so it was this simultaneous pressure. So we've just kind of really built on these processes. And so I really sell that. I, I will tell people, I'm like, look, in my market, in my East Edmond market, there's builders out here that their quality is gonna be just as good as mine. There, there's Michelle Kirby of Adams Kirby, there's John Madison of Madison Homes, there's Jeff Gibbs of Gibbs Construction. You go to these guys, they're going to build you a great house. Heck, I'd live in one of their houses, right? That's what I tell people. The quality you're going to get is going to be pretty much the same, most likely because we're using the same trades. There's only right, so many right, of right, these yeah. guys that can build these types of houses. We, with our processes that we've built out and really focusing on customer service, that's where we're different.
0: You know, I want to, you, you talked about going to Atlanta, looking at design. What does your future look like? What are And not to get any trade secrets, but what do you see a, a new home in 10 years? Is there something you see on the horizon that most buyers of your type of house will say to themselves, oh, I have to have that? And I, and I think back to like the theater room of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. You know, every customer home had that really cool theater room. Yep. What do you see in the
2: future? I wouldn't say as much that it's designed in that way um things that we're seeing a massive shift in and it's it's a little odd to me too thinking that people would spend this much money to live like this but they do and it's the way of the world but you i assume you are familiar with the wheeler district oh yeah yeah okay? yeah, yeah. so the wheeler district is what is considered a tnd a traditional neighborhood development and that concept is how neighborhoods were designed before automobiles Okay, hey. so you could bike, you could walk, yeah. you could go to yeah. commercial-like things, and you don't have to get out onto the main roads, right? This, I mean, you go into downtown Edmond—that's technically a and D. There's commercial, and then there's houses, right? That's yeah. there's there's townhouses, there's houses. That's that's what that is. The the way of the future in Atlanta. I just got back. Is there's there's neighborhoods called Trillith, and there's a neighborhood called Serenby. and both of those are T and Ds that were really ahead of their time and and they really over the last few years have really caught fire i mean they they have caught fire and it's smaller yards it's it's more uh communal green spaces Uh with smaller personal yards um you you're really seeing that we're still definitely because we're in oklahoma we're still going to have that i want a half acre i want two acres you're going to see that but that's and no offense to this generation, the baby boomer generation, because I think that way, like I would want to have faker. But the you, you're seeing the younger generation that's coming up that, man, it's it is one thing that is out there. Is it's it's different. You know, my I still remember my dad owned a business, like I told you guys. And we went we got married out of Oklahoma and my dad was at our wedding without a cell phone. Right, because he's like, oh, I don't need that. Well, <laughs> this, this new generation is coming up. That, that's not how the world uh-uh. works anymore, yeah, right? It an is, it's go permanent go. Permanent attachment. Yeah, it's a permanent attachment. It's the customer can get at you anytime. Your your kids have way more activities than they did, and it feels like you run at hundred miles an hour compared to what it was in the eighties and nineties, right? And so, you're seeing people be like, you know what? I still want a really nice house, but. I don't want the yard as big and I want to be able to hop on a golf cart or a bicycle or walk up to the f- whatever food establishments right. in here, any of those things. So we we have, I mean, in our future, it's in the lands purchased. We've already had a, um, not giving away any trade secrets because we've already had a, a public charrette in Edmond, but um, another customer of your guys is McGregor Holmes, of S- Scott McGregor himself and myself. We have purchased some land in Edmond and we're doing a T&D. Nice. So that's that's what we're gonna do in Edmund. And it's funny because Wheeler District and Carlton Landing are TNDs. Right. And what's funny about those is they've they've already let us know the concept works and how and they've let us know well beyond any other imagination that it works because both of those concepts were in undesirable areas.
0: Yeah. No, they were when okay. they started. You when, didn't want to be there. You didn't
2: want to be there. Like the, the million dollar houses are at Grand Lake. They're mm-hmm. not at Eufala. They're at Tenkiller. They're not at Eufala. Right. Right. He goes and does this, and you follow. Carlton Landing, and there's yeah. million dollar houses yeah. everywhere, and people can't wait to be in there. You, I grew up in Mustangs, so I understand completely. but you, you didn't go south of I forty in downtown, like you just didn't. Heck, yeah. I mean, heck, I remember when you didn't even go downtown. Yeah. Nonetheless, you know, I, I remember, remember those days too. Spaghetti yeah. Warehouse, you uh-huh. went to Spaghetti Warehouse, and you left as quickly as <laughs> possible, right? And I mean, that was downtown. And now he put something that's super desirable, and I saw that they have houses, you know, that are four hundred dollars a foot. In, in, in Wheeler District, okay? And people are saying, I will pay that to reduce other things in my life. I don't have to mow the yard. We can travel more. We can, you know, I don't have to maintain. I don't have to pay somebody to maintain Oof. the yard. We have communal greens. We don't even hardly have to leave the neighborhood, you know. going up there, so we've been seeing this. I think my wife and I uh, in Atlanta, 2019- Stumbled across Trillith, and my mind was blown. Side note: We went up there, watched OU get their faces kicked in, so we were. I was very upset. Mm-hmm. LSU just absolutely yep. roasted us in yep. Atlanta, and was very upset. <clears throat> stumbled across Trillith, and my mind was blown. I was like, "What have I just stumbled into? Mm-hmm. Like, what? What is this concept? What? What is all of this? You know?" And just really got to reading about it, understanding it, and I mean, this has been a long term uh we've been working on this scott and i have been working on this since probably summer of 2020 can you share where yeah it's on uh coffee creek in between coltrane and sorghum mill Wow. okay right, right behind centennial elementary yeah. uh-huh. mm-hmm. good for you so that's i think in business i've what i've tried to learn is that i'm not whatever i'm doing i'm not doing it for me all right, I'm not doing it for what I like. I'm not doing yeah. it for, I don't build houses that, you know, some of these really beautiful houses that we build, these definitely some of our spec homes, I love them, right? I, man, wow, th- these are great. I would never live in them, but I'm, I'm building them knowing that the buyer, the, the majority of these buyers are going to love this. And the concept of a TND, I like, I vacation on TNDs, like we go down to Seaside or Rosemary Beach. Yeah. Those are TNDs. Those are
0: my wife went to seaside earlier this year, right? For our daughter's wedding.
2: And yeah. that that that's a TND. That's yeah. exactly what mm-hmm. that is. And in in my family vacations at Rosemary Beach, that's what we like to do. And I love, we love my my daughter today's exact words were what I love the most about being at Rosemary is we get up and as a family, we walk to the crepe store, we walk and get coffee and we spend time together. That's so awesome. And then swimming was second, but the first one was we spend time together. So I understand the draw to people wanting to to live like that. Yeah, it brings you closer together. Yeah, it brings you closer together. Um, I think what's crazy about it too is, is we did this public charrette at the Rodkey House in downtown Edmond. So we did it in downtown Edmond too. Show people this isn't a new concept. We're in one. Mm-hmm. We were over by Stevenson Park. There's a park, there's Hideaway Pizza, there's 501 Cafe, there's all this stuff. And then there's houses. You're in a TND. Yeah. We're not doing anything different than what is here that by the way, all of y'all go to. You know, and so we we're showing them that. And so we're we're there. And I think what I was most excited about was the reach. So we have some stuff around the commercial that'll have lofts in it, things like that. And there was a 26-year-old kid that was like, man, I want to live here, right? I want to live in one of these lofts. I can walk down. There's a there's a bar. There's a pizza place. Like, this is great, you know? And then we had a couple that was in their 70s. They didn't come to give us feedback or anything. They came because they're like, we live on two acres, and we want in here,
0: we're ready to downsize. they said yeah.
2: we're ready not only are we ready to downsize, we want to be able to walk and bike while we can. That's what they said, and we want to be around people. We' have felt isolated being out on these two acres for they're like we loved it when we had kids, but we're ready to be around people and well, it was, to see a twenty six year old kid that wanted to live closer to where the commercial space is, which is normal. that's where more of your townhouses and right. lofts and things are you're going to get your and your and your no yards there. So the draw is you're walkable to all the commercial. That's going to be a younger mm-hmm. kid to people all the way to their 70s that were like, oh, yeah, we, wanna, we want the community. We want to live here. We want to bike. We want to walk. We want to hang out with people. So it was exciting to see the range at which. Well, that, we're I think getting.
0: that's when you know you've got the breadth of your
2: area. All of them
0: are looking, and that's like total win.
2: So that that's where I see things going yeah, design wise. Design wise, who knows? It is the it, the world is ever changing. You, I, I f- truly feel Joanna Gaines changed yeah. everything, yeah. and not not with the farmhouse in essence, because that that's kind of come and gone. Farmhouses, right. it came in, it's left. It's more about this emphasis on designers. You're seeing a lot of housing markets become more inundated with designers and ours is as well and it's a piece that used to not be there and so when it's like what's going to be the new design it's like it's whatever these designers are creating this week that's the design is i don't know if how much we're going to stumble into these like you know french country like we had from 08 to you know 15 basically or 06 to 15 it was all you know that french country feel Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know how i don't I don't know if we're gonna see a lot of that because it's these there's so many more of these designers because they realized, oh, we don't have to go to school. Joni Gaines didn't go to school. You don't have to do this. If you got an eye for color, right? And this, right.
0: You do something people love,
2: they're you gonna do something gravitate people love, to they're it. gonna gravitate. And so you're seeing a lot of this. And so if it, heck, as a builder, it's fun, but it's also kind of hard. It's like, what are we ever gonna do the same thing twice? And that answer is no. Right. Just so you know.
1: <laughs> Let me take you down another path. You seem obviously to have a passion for what you do. You seem excited about your your business, excited about your customers. But uh, how do you stay up? How do you stay positive? How do you keep a positive attitude in the face of all the challenges that you've outlined for us, the challenges of, of product change, prices change, uh, customer expectations changing? And
2: in the face of all of that, how do you stay up so for me it's not it's not everybody's it's not everybody's cup of tea what I'm going to say but but for me it really is um my wife and I we don't miss church on Sundays and when we do when we do i can tell right i'm angrier i'm um i'm more i'm more short with people um i did something man i think it was in 15 or 16 It was about when I was really stressed starting my business. I always listened to sports talk radio. I was listening to Scott Van Pelt and Colin Cowherd and things like that. And man, honestly enough, I switched over uh, and I joke to people all the time. I switched over to K-Love on my radio. You can get in my truck at any time. It's K-Love because I tell people. It's a lot harder for me to MF somebody when they're singing about Jesus in the background. Amen. No, no joke. I and, and people are like, that's funny. I'm like, because man, it is. I I can get beat down. And, you know, I like I said, when I'm working out, talking about if I gave myself advice, I go in spurts uh to try to, you know, be healthier. I feel better. But that, that's really that's honestly, that's the only way. Cause if I had to try to burden this all on my all by myself i couldn't it'd be impossible it would it would be impossible and then uh the other times is um occasionally as a uh to my teammates i complain to them and then i get it off my chest and i tell them now y'all be positive but i just wanted to get that out there
0: <laughs> sounds like me <laughs>
2: yeah this is how i feel and then now now y'all don't say these kind of things but really really going really staying in that and and i wasn't it's funny because i wasn't raised Going to church all the time. It was in and out. Um, it wasn't something that that was that built into me early on. It was just something really that I found as an adult. That good for you. You, you know, really, my wife she found it for me. And I think good that's for how, you for
0: not being ashamed to
2: admit it. That's that's what that's what gets us there, man. That's what I couldn't burden at all because it's a lot. We we take a lot of this industry is. I know everyone has it, right? You know, I have a cousin that's r- r- really high up in the oil and gas industry. And I can when we get together at Thanksgiving's and Christmas, you know, he looks about like I do. Wore out, right? So I know it's not just ours, but this this industry, just like you guys are in it, it's it's got so many moving parts, it has to be uh it's it's it can grind on you. And that that mm-hmm. that's gonna be that's what that's what gets us there, and then you know, hanging out with friends for me. My wife is definitely more of somebody who uh, she likes hers is quality time. She likes to spend time at home, and so I do that with her. Mine is, uh, man, any any evening that I can get with with buddies, man, man that's a. If I can get a get out, you know, once a month with some of my buddies, whether it's buddies that I have now, whether it's you know, I have a. Group text with, you know, there's a there's a group text of four or five of us that we've known each other since middle school, right? That's and awesome. We'll get together once a quarter, you know, but just getting out that that's a relief for me too to kind of just yeah get back and get away from it a little bit.
1: Well, thank you for sharing with
0: us. Yeah, and I'm proud of you, man. Uh, I I love people that are not afraid of their faith. As we kind of wrap this thing up, we we generally like to ask a, a question. Ken, you want to? Ask the the title well, side question. Well,
1: one of the things that uh, that we try to talk about is, what do you look for in a title company?
2: Man, that's funny. It's the same thing. Uh, it's the same thing that that I've been talking about. It's communication. It's it's it is. Uh, that's what it is. It's it's you know one of your guys' closers here has been my closer for a, for a long time and. You know, I, I've always joked with her, I'm like, look, when I send something over, I look, I understand completely how busy you guys are, I get it, I, 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 what you guys do is crazy to me, and what I mean that is by the closer, they work two jobs, and I don't think a lot of people know that, I'm like, so Ooh. you close all day at these tables, but yet you have this whole back-end job, so I don't know quite mm-hmm. how you make it work, that's always, that's that's crazy to me, and so I always tell her, I've told her when I first got started, I'm like, send me the middle finger emoji. <laughs> I mean just like I I just want something back that's like you know send me that and then at least I know that that right. you received it and it, yeah. and it is it is that simple you know and so yeah. that that's that's what I look for you know someone who who they they understand those things they know just to communicate whatever it's got to be you know that's what it is and flexible you know Haley here has been great. I remember we had to sign on something, and uh, my wife and I were with our daughter in New Mexico snow skiing, and she found one of the traveling notaries, and we got it mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Right? You know, and it's, yeah. it's, that's what I look for. You know, who's going to do extra, yeah. right? And sometimes it doesn't always work, but let's, uh, you know, what if the, the notary didn't work? Okay. At least it was a thought. It was that passion. That's right. It was the passion to give the effort. Yeah. That's right.
0: Nathan Walters. Thank you. Appreciate your time. I want to remind everybody listening, it really does make a difference where you close.